If you like this podcast, check out Studio Red's amazing lineup of podcasts at studioredmedia.com. Welcome to QT with RT. I'm Ryan. I'm Todd. And today we're talking about our experience working for a week on a short film here in Rome, Georgia. So we filmed this film last week. Yeah. What role did you play on it, Todd? I was the first AC. And I was the DP. Yes. So I was your right-hand man. My right-hand man. Who? You were my right hand. Couldn't be with you for some of it because there was poison ivy. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Whatever happened to your rash? Did it go away? It, it did eventually. I uh, put uh, rubbing and then aloe. It actually now looks kind of bruised. Yeah. It's weird. Maybe you had actually bruised yourself. No, it was a rash. It was like oh. super itchy. Oh, like, okay. So Allie thinks it might have been like poison oak, but- Well, that would it heal up that fast if it was poison oak? I don't know. We're both so. staring at, at yeah. Todd's wrist. My right body, now. like it was just funny because like we would check ourselves for ticks every night and then- uh, We were shooting in the woods. Yeah, and, and progressively throughout the week, my body would get more bruises, more scratches, some rashes- have like yeah. red dots all over me. You come home and Allie was like, "What is Ryan doing to you at work?" <laughs> no, no, no! I just fell down the stairs. <laughs> he only did it once. Uh- <laughs> um, uh, yes, we were filming out in the woods. Yeah, I never got any ticks. Did you get any ticks? No, I didn't get. Any- yeah, I wonder if Brian got any ticks. Brian Tan, who was who was our gaffer, he was very concerned about getting ticks. I, don't I was think more. He did. I, I was more concerned about chiggers. I don't understand how. Our first AD got, got so, so many, many ticks. Yeah, because she wasn't in. I mean, she was around for sure, but she wasn't always like where we were. Was it maybe just because we were moving constantly? I have no. Maybe she also. Um, she's a woman and has longer hair. We were wearing hats, and she kept getting them in her head. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. But I always thought she kind of had like her hair up. So. Yeah. Uh, well, but still, I mean, she, if she has exposed hair. Yeah. I don't know, um, but we had we had animals on set. Yeah, horses, horses, little hogs, tea, tea cup. little pig. Yep, piglet. Yep. Do we have anything else? Uh, that was it. Uh, there's a, some snakes. Uh, fake snakes. No, there was real snakes. Oh out there. well, yeah, real snakes around. But yeah, not in the movie. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, there was real snakes. Around. What's the size of the crew? Would you say? Um, well, I think the call sheet had probably about forty people on it altogether. Yeah. Um, I'd bet the crew was probably like. 30-ish. Yeah. 30, probably. And then the cast and random other people. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you count, like, Crafty and people coming with catering and all the people up at the base yeah. camps. Random producers. Producers, yeah. Yeah. Um, like, the can, like the on-set filming crew was yeah. probably 20. Yeah. Now, people listening to this, I'm assuming people have probably watched behind the scenes of movies like Lord of the Rings or something where yeah. we get to see the making of it, and it looks so fun and exciting. You're specifically talking about our two listeners, Kyle and Evan. <laughs> exactly. Now, Evan has been on set, and Kyle has done movies. but Big budget movies. He was actually on the Back <laughs> to the Future cast he, and crew. He is Chris Van Nolan. Uh, <laughs> He has just secretly been lying to me all this time. Um, now, he uh, – so I don't think people realize how physically demanding making a movie is. Like my feet, my legs were swollen every night. 
Well, we were beating you though. Yeah, remember that's that true. Part earlier in the now that episode. was just you know some light hazing. Yeah, just light hazing. Yeah, I haven't looked it up, but I guess that's what you do to all ACs. Yeah, uh, totally, that's... totally. <laughs> so I just accepted it. Um, yeah, but we're, I mean, it's like um, a, a job, like a nurse or yeah. other people who are on their feet all day. You know, it's I mean, and like a nurse, we're just as important. Exactly, saving <laughs> lives. Saving lives by making movies. That's right, exactly. <laughs> Telling stories, changing the world. Um, the um, But yeah, I think people sometimes don't realize how long yeah. it is. I think that's the bigger part. Being on your feet, you know, there's a lot of jobs that are like that. But um, I mean, we I don't think we really had a day other than Saturday when it was just going around and getting sunsets and yeah. stuff like that. Um, we didn't have a day under... 14 hours probably right I now that's a, a normal a work of... week for scrap he he's yeah, a he, normal work yeah day. yeah yes. he he likes 20 hours is about exactly. normal for him so yeah he would be like he'd be <laughs> telling us that we were we needed a man up yeah. um but now i bet i mean some of the days were like 16 hour days especially by the time we met here at the studio got yeah whatever gear we needed extra that we didn't already have on set drive out to set is about 20 minutes away yeah drive back by the time you shower yeah eat something you know, it's like yeah, it's pretty much your it's, whole day. Yeah, it really is. It's your whole life. You're, you're... I think I might have had an hour where I decompressed by watching yeah. some, Me too. watching the Flash. Yeah, um, and then I would and drink a ton of water and Gatorade, yeah. and then I'd go to bed. Yeah, there was a couple nights. I think like Thursday, I finally was like, I need to like watch something, and we got back. And you put think... on Princess Bride. <laughs> no, I was up to like two that dresses. night, and that was the funny thing because then Friday we were up really late that night. Yeah. So like it was just like back to back, but I mean it was nice to have a little bit later because we were getting at least probably at the minimum like seven, six to seven hours of sleep. That's like the minimum. Yeah. Some of us were getting maybe eight hours if we went like right to bed when we yeah. got home. Yeah, they tried to give. Um, they we. I guess um, the uh, they tried to give twelve hours um, from wrap to the call time the next day. Okay, that was kind of that they were trying to do that. That's why we kept pushing back the call time. Yeah. on some of the later days, so that way people would have a full twelve hours off to to do exactly the stuff we just. But talked about. when they say wrap, they don't mean like packing up. Well, it's supposed to be when we walk away, but yes, a lot of times it's more like we're done. Yeah, and, and then, then it's like another an hour. hour and a half. Yeah, two hours. and especially for us because we were bringing stuff back to yeah. the studio sometimes and charging things and stuff. So, yeah, it was sometimes more like ten hours. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it was. Uh, did you enjoy it though? I did. I think, um, you know, to be honest, the whole time I was thinking, man. I, I wish this was our movie, you know, like our creative ideas that we've had. And you and I discussed a little bit on the drive back on the last shoot day, kind of just being like, is this something we want to do with yeah. our lives? Uh, yeah, in, in relation to even kind of our origin story yeah. episode that I guess was last this last week, mm-hmm. last week, yeah. You know, it's... It's and kind of going to the expectations one that we had before, and even going all the way back to talking about just making content. Yeah, is this still the kind of content that we want to make? Because obviously, there's a lot of different varieties of content, and all of them require different levels of time commitment and collaboration with other people, or even just the amount of people. Obviously, like this podcast, just me and you sitting in a room for an hour, you yeah. edit it for an hour, it's done. It's way different than filming for six days straight. Yeah, sixteen-hour days with forty people. Yeah, 
Um, uh, and so, yeah, I think that's always a good question to always ask. It's like, is what you're doing still what you want to be doing? Yeah. Now, I have a question for you. If we were to make um, the Christmas movie or Sleeper or something like that, um, would you want to try and do it in a week? Or would you want to oh, kind no. of no, no, push no. yourself for a month? Oh, oh, well, I mean, you couldn't shoot it in a week. Yeah. Period. Um, there's just well, no... like uh, the short or something. Oh, I got you. Yeah. Would I rather do shorts versus a month worth of shooting? Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, I, I think the big thing is, you know, um, the projects, a lot of film, more film type projects that we've done have always been either I've been working on it for free or for barely any money. Yeah. To where it's like not really, I mean, it's helpful obviously, but it's not really anything. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, you got a $200 for working for the whole week. It's like, yeah. cool, but that really isn't going to cover much, you know. Um, Especially for how much work yeah. it is. Yeah, and even it's like you're driving your car around, and like just yeah. your overall expenses for the week, just being involved, it's like you're, not, you're almost going to break even. So um, I think if I was getting paid for it um, and actually getting paid like normal rates yeah, or decent rates, um, I think I would be fine with doing it for a whole month because to a certain degree, like once you're in that mode and yeah. mindset, like even today, it's been weird not filming Yeah. after filming all week. Yeah. Um, and then usually if you're filming for a month, you get Saturdays and Sundays off. Yeah. So you get like a little bit of a breather, a little bit of a break. Um, but I think for me, it's, it's easier for me to just go in and just say, okay, this is almost like working summit. Yeah. Or working as a camp counselor. It's, yeah. you know, it's like you come in and you just say, okay, this is going to be my next two months. And then you just make that your two months. Yeah. And then when you're done, you're done. Yeah. Um. So I don't I don't think it would really bother me. And I think the physical component of the long hours, you would get used to it. Yeah. Once again, just like camp. Yeah. You know, like I mean, when, when you and I were summit counselors, you know, we had to be at breakfast at 7 in the morning. Yeah. Which means you got up at 630 or whatever, you know. And then we would have camp, like the counselor – meetings at like 11 yeah so you're not going to bed till you know midnight or 12 31 you know so you're getting six hours of sleep and working all day long yeah and you do that for two months yeah it's fine yeah you know you you get used to it after a couple weeks yeah and then it's weird when you come home and you have all this free time again you don't know what to do with yourself yeah yeah i think um what about you no i i agree and i think i like the physical aspect of it because it is I mean, we don't get to do a lot of physical stuff, and the uh, camaraderie, yeah, of it is great. Um, it is, I think, it is so much of a mental thing. I think if you're not prepared for it mentally, then yeah, you're gonna break and be like, "This is miserable." Like uh, certain members on uh, the production team um, might have done. So I think, yeah, being just this is my life this is we're making something great and yeah i think if you have a good vision and a good leader in it as well that really helps so yeah i I think i would do it um once again i think the crew matters so much i think um if it's you have a miserable crew you're gonna have a miserable time and things just go a lot longer. But if everyone's working together, making the vision possible, I mean, it's like anything in life. But you really are in the trenches. I mean, it is a lot of work. You are on your feet 
almost all day. Um, like the bottom of my feet are like completely callous at this point, you know, and that's just from a week's worth of work. But I've only had one day to recover and I'm feeling a lot better. Um, I'm tired right now, but, um, yeah. So if I had Saturdays and Sundays, I th- I could do it. I mean, yeah. I would be excited to do it. And, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think really, I think you actually mentioned it's kind of like camp after on our drive back yeah. on the last day. And the more I thought about it, the more I'm like, man, that really is such a good analogy for it. Cause once again, like camp, if the other counselors at camp aren't fun yeah. and you have to spend all those days and hours with them, like all, all the waking hours of the day pretty much with them yeah, and you don't enjoy them, it's going to be miserable. Yeah. Um, and so I think, you know, one thing I really enjoyed on the on last week was just getting to work with our crew. Um, and especially, you know, as the, as the DP, I get to be basically in charge of the grip and electric team, which handles all the lighting. And then I get to be in charge of the camera team. And I liked everybody that was on those two teams. Yeah. Um, and I liked them a lot. And so it's like getting to eat lunch with everybody afterwards and getting to work with them and collaborate with them. And they were people that I, for the most part, knew most of them. And then those that I didn't know, um, they kind of just like kind of fell right in with everybody and, and were able to get along really easily. So I think that was really nice getting to work with people I like. Yeah. Um, and then the other departments were also really nice. Like none of, I didn't really ever feel like anybody had a huge ego or was uncollaborative or unwilling. Yeah. Um, you know, there's always, um, time constraints with everything and there's always going to be constraints. You know, um, one of my professors from Barry, I saw him before we started filming and I was talking to him about it and he was saying some, um, French painter. It wasn't like one of the more well-known ones that we all know, but somebody who is into art would know the name. Van Gogh. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Michelangelo. And you're like, it's Italian. Um, but he said that like art is, con- is, um, art is constraints, mm. you know, and that like, basically like what makes a painting is the frame and the fact that you have to decide what's going to be in there and what's not. And yeah. that you have limitations and that like without limitations, like art isn't as beautiful. Yeah. Um, and I, and you know, people can make plenty of arguments why that's not the case, but I think coming from that angle, I think it's a great thing to keep in mind that, you know, all films have limitations and constraints. And so when you're on set and, all that stuff is happening. The sun's going down or the art department only has so many sections of fence and you have to shoot those sections and find ways to make it work or, you know, makeup's going to take an hour to reset something. So you only get one shot at it, you know, little things like yeah. that. It's like that to a certain degree kind of like is the magic yeah. of what you're doing. Yeah. And to a certain degree, like wouldn't be the same experience if it was like unlimited. Yeah. Now, what would you say to people who, maybe are not willing to make that commitment of, because we were talking about the different tiers of filmmaking. And I was kind of saying how the first tier is just grabbing a camera or your phone or something and just shooting something real quick, putting together really simple. Um, and people think that they're a filmmaker because they, you know, do essentially a little wedding video or, you know, a highlight video. Um, and then the second tier, I would say, would be, like, actually, like, scripting something out, having a plan, and then, like, executing it. And then the third tier is kind of what we did. 
yeah. with uh, having a crew, having call times, having you know your schedules and your set. Yeah, and I feel then, like there's probably a tier even before. Oh yeah, like a a, inner, a beginner level of like having yeah. a crew, and then right. kind of the advanced level because yeah. I mean, I mean, there's. I would say, yeah, before, before, uh, yeah, maybe two and a half would be like what we do when we go shoot a company video or something, where you have like yeah, you're still bringing out lights, yeah, you bring but in, it's a crew of like five or six people yeah, exactly. versus like forty. Yeah, I mean, a crew of forty is actually pretty big. It is. I mean, there's yeah. some feature films that only have sixty or eighty people, yeah. so we were we were you know a, a half or two thirds of an actual feature length independent yeah. film. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, going back to what we talked about, what we've kind of always been talking about throughout this whole thing, you know, but you have to find the content that works for you, you know. And so um, at the Atlanta Film Festival, they, one of their workshops, they had a guy come in and talk about he had a script that he wanted to do, but he couldn't find funding for it. Mm. And so he turned it into a podcast series, like a like a serialized yeah. show. And it's like a dramatized serial show. Yeah. But just recorded as a podcast nice and um and it ended up getting the first season ended up getting picked up by um uh audible oh wow is that right yeah uh, yeah they do podcasts or amazon one of the two i think it's the same right is it amazon own audible anyways i mean he got he got like a legit thing out of it yeah yeah audible's yeah. through amazon and so you know it's like if if that's something that works for you yeah you know then do it i think yeah, you, know, you have to decide what you actually really want to do. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the part where, like, when, you know, you first start out, you just enjoy making stuff. Yeah. Um, and it's all fun and everything's good. And I think that was probably one thing for me that I realized or kind of came to appreciate more is that, like, um, uh, you know, when you first start out, it's it's just a fun hobby. It's just, like, a fun thing to go do. Um, when you go make it your job, it becomes a job. Yeah. And that means that sometimes it's not as much fun. Yeah. Like to a certain degree, kind of like the funness is taken out of it. Um, but it's replaced by something like a job you enjoy. Yeah. And then, like, if you still enjoy it, then just know that you're still going to have, like, bad days and good days. And you're even going to have, like, bad parts of your day and good parts of your day. You know, there is definitely parts of that shoot that I did not enjoy. Right. But then later, two hours later, it was really nice and fun. Yeah. You know, and knowing that, it might be different for different people on the crew. You know, at one point I was up, we were in this swampy area. We were filming this guy, the actor as he's walking through a swamp. The actor gets stuck. The director had to go out there and help him get out. Everybody at the bottom is getting eaten by mosquitoes, but I'm on the top of a 12 foot ladder. The breeze is blowing. It's a beautiful sunny morning. <laughs> it was great up there. <laughs> Everybody else was probably miserable, yeah. but I was having a good time. I was up by a truck. I had water and I was good. So. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I think that's kind of, you know, at different moments, yeah, yeah. you know, when the art department's having to put a dead pig on a spike and we're just staying off to the side watching, it's pretty good for us, but probably maybe stinky bad for them, yeah. you know? Um, so I think that's the part where it's like everybody has to kind of realize that, like, there's going to be parts of your job, whatever it is, yeah. even if you enjoy it, that's not yeah. going to be as much fun. And, and that doesn't mean that you shouldn't do it. It just means that, that's just what it means to have yeah. a job. I, I think we go, one of the things we kind of became our mantra on the AT was anything good is going to be hard. Yeah. And I think, you know, not, obviously not every film is good. <laughs> it's hard. But if 
I think you can make it through a week of filming. You can probably make it through a month, you know, and you can make it through whatever project. And so now we have to ask ourselves, what is it that's going to hold us back from making the things we want to make? You know? Kyle. <laughs> My brother, Kyle. We have to defeat him For in sure. hand-to-hand it's combat. It's totally going to be him. <laughs> you guys need to fight Wakanda style. Well- <laughs> In a pool of water on the edge of a cliff. I'll take my shirt off and have all these bumps all over my legs. Oh my gosh, are you okay? I I don't feel well. Yeah, just vomit everywhere. Oh, those are tumors uh, all over his body. But, um, yeah, uh, yeah. As far as um, I do at some point want to give people who maybe don't know much about filmmaking kind of an idea of what it what our production yeah. actually looked like. Um, all right, so let's go with Monday. Um, so Monday we shot some visual effects green screen mm-hmm. stuff on the studio here and yeah. we prepped our gear. Um, so we okay. went and picked up gear from Atlanta. We packed, prepped the camera gear. We actually had our second ACs come in and make sure that they were familiar with the gear. Um, if it had been a paid thing, the first AC would have, the we had an A cam and a B cam. Um, and so the B cam first AC would have come in as well to make sure that he understood the gear and where it all was and packed up. Um, I'm sure that production, um, which ironically, this is one of those like funny things about film terms. A lot of times when they talk about production, they actually mean the like pro- like the production office and like the like logistical side of production, uh-huh. not the actual crew, which is always really kind of a funny thing. Even though it's like, well, aren't these guys the production? Yeah, wouldn't you guys be more like office or yeah, some other term? No, they get that. Yeah, they get that one. Uh, so I'm sure the production is the crew just called the crew. Yeah, I guess, or wow. they're probably their different departments. The peasants. <laughs> yeah, or they're probably like, it's really more like, um, I think it would be called G and E or camera department or makeup or yeah. wardrobe or you know it'd be art department. You know you you would call out each of those individual people. Yeah, and then like everybody else, then it's just called production. Okay, so that's probably why it's just like a catch-all term for all the people who don't fall in a specific area. But a lot of times it's like the first ADs people, the producers people. Yeah. Anyways, I'm sure they were doing a bunch of stuff, prepping things, getting the locations ready. I wasn't as involved with that. Um, now on Tuesday we shot at an old cabin. Mm-hmm. It's a period piece, so it takes place in the 1800s. Um, and uh, call time was 6:30. Yep. In the yep 6:30 in the morning. So. Um, and so we loaded up all the gear, went over there, unloaded it, did a bunch of scenes in there. Got done around nine or ten. Yeah. Um, At night. Yeah. On the team, we had a uh, three people in the art department, two or three people in the makeup department, wardrobe. We had a script supervisor, which basically checks all the continuity, makes sure that they're saying the right lines, that we're not missing any shots. They're supposed to be marking good takes, bad takes. I don't know if they did that or not. There's no way. <laughs> I don't think they would know. I really. I. I mean, Seth would just kind of get a couple shots but he yeah. never said like i like that one yeah or, yeah so. and they might have and we just didn't notice maybe um i mean i was back there with them yeah i just yeah no one ever said anything yeah so. um which is fine i mean they yeah. should watch all the clips anyways but uh and then first ad and second ad and then they had people that were pas that were working for them and 
grip and electric we had three people that were kind of in the grip and electric department yeah. it's just like one one unit yeah um and then a dit guy yeah and that full day of filming how many scenes did we actually film in that day um well we did seven and a half pages yeah which a page of a script ends up being about a minute in the final film so we did about seven and a half minutes of filming and so just to wrap that around everyone's mind a full like what 6 30 to 10 p.m yeah 6 30 a.m to 10 p.m day of shooting yeah it was like 14 15 hours of filming and that's seven and a half minutes yeah so that just gives you an idea and that was actually uh, the one of the faster days yeah and that gives you an idea why movies they take you know like lord of the rings it's crazy long like yeah. most movies are not like that most movies are like a month long shooting right yeah and so that just gives you now you understand yeah. why it's usually um 20 to 40 hour 20 to 40 days yeah. of filming yeah and that's just because you have so many people you gotta figure out what the shot's gonna look like you gotta get the lighting in there you gotta yep. get the actors prepped you gotta get makeup you got you know yeah. it's so many different layers yeah well and then you film the same scene mm -hmm. from multiple areas yeah and get different angles and close-ups and so, I mean, from on the stuff on Tuesday, we had 10 to 12 setups yeah. for each scene to where they would have to run through the scene all over again two yeah. or three times, yeah. sometimes five times, and we would move the camera, move the lights, you know, 10 to 12 times. Yeah, that's why when I, like, I watch a movie and it's like a bunch of different shots or, I don't know, it could just be as simple as like someone walking into a room and you have to realize that like that's like a full day of shooting. Every scene you're seeing, if not more, you know. Yeah, yeah, that simple shot of somebody just walking into a building, it's yeah. like that took an hour. Yeah. You know, yeah. 30 minutes at least to get. Yeah, um, yeah and it, it is, I think that's one challenging thing when you're making a movie is that like knowing that that simple thing of somebody walking in is going to burn that much of your time and money. Yeah. But then you're like, oh, you know, like I, I want this shot, but it's not really that important yeah. to the overall movie. Yeah. You know, so it's. I think that's probably one of the more frustrating things about the limitations part yeah. is that you're like, this, this part still matters, but nobody's really going to pay that much right. attention to it. Yeah. There's so many scenes like that, like little little tiny things where we take for granted. And yeah. You know, the extreme close-ups on the eyes yeah. for one that are only going to be used once, you know, cutaways of stuff. That was something that, you know, there was a lot of random, being a, more of like a period piece film, there's a lot of random props that we had to get like cutaways of or POV shots of. And those cutaway POV shots would take an hour or two yeah. to run around and get just because it's like they're on different parts of the room and you got to move the lights and got to move everything. And this house had like zero airflow. Yeah. So it, it was, was very hot in the house. Like 100 degrees in the house at one point. And so, yeah, I mean, you're just, you're trying to film, you're trying to stuff two cameras in there with two people on each camera. You yeah. got script supervisors, you got makeup everyone's cramming around the monitor so the director's trying to talk to the actors you yeah. know it's just it's it's it can be hectic and so that's kind of the ad's job is to keep everyone everything moving yeah. smoothly and yeah. um and so yeah so that's day one yep or oh, day, day two, two. That was day two and then day three four and five which was wednesday, wednesday thursday, thursday friday, friday we were shooting on a farm yeah uh, a cotton farm and that was all like stuff in the woods 
Mm-hmm. Um, and in the story, the character goes off into the woods and a bunch of bad stuff happens to him. And so we, we went and filmed all that stuff in the woods. Uh, well, and we got some stuff outside like his house that mm-hmm. we, that they built a fake fence and, um, and put up, uh, stuff to make it look like that was the edge of his fence. Um, so those days were good too. Um, that was a little different just cause from being inside a house where we could, you know, do some fire effects or shine light through the windows. It's like, it was daylight. Yeah. So we had to deal with the sun and the daylight. Um, and then one of the challenges was that it was really cloudy. Yeah. Like 100% overcast yeah. on Wednesday. And then it was bright blue skies Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and it's all supposed to match. <laughs> so good luck with good that. Good luck. Yeah. Post production. Yeah. And there's just, I mean, there's nothing you could do. Like, yeah, I mean, it's, there's nothing you can do, and no. the problem is. I mean, we made it look similar, yeah. but there's nothing you can do about the fact that when you shoot up, yeah, the sky is blue and the yeah. sky is white. That's yeah. two different things. And the problem with blue skies is that clouds come and go, yeah. and so it'll be really dark one scene, and then we have to wait, and then you yeah. know, and so that's burning up precious, precious time. Like every second matters, and so that's why like. When as the first AC, I have second, you know, ACs helping me get batteries, get things. Because unfortunately, when you're out there, you don't really have a power supply, so yep. you have the batteries charging at all times, and um, but you have to keep the cameras on to get the shot looking right. And so it's just it's it really is a functioning yep. uh, machine, really. Yep. So. Yep. Yeah, and everybody has to do their job yeah. well and be expecting what's happening next so that we're, they're ready for it because you kind of want – you're really laying the tracks down in front of a moving train. Yeah. And if somebody misses – and it's like each each person is in charge of a certain part of the track. Yeah. And if that person isn't ready to put that bolt in as soon as the track gets laid or whatever, you know, or hit, swing the hammer as soon as the person puts the bolt there, it's like if, the, if somebody misses it, it's like it messes up everybody else. Yeah. Um, and that – that's the part where it's like if you don't have a good crew, like we were saying earlier, it can be a huge pain in the neck, and and people can start getting really annoyed at each other and like blaming each other and just you know just overall just getting kind of just you antsy, know, yeah, yeah, just sort of yeah. ugly towards each other. And in this situation, we really didn't have that, which was no. nice. No, it was we had a really good crew, and I think um, yeah, it was just interesting. We the people who come to these sets, especially around the Atlanta area, um, is a wide diversity of people. We have people who have who were on the Marvel movies <laughs> in game and literally just came from finishing up Infinity War and in game to come do this movie. And then we have people who this is the first movie they've ever done or yeah. um, local people. So it, it's really amazing seeing the diversity on set and. Um, everyone working together to make something good. And yeah. so um, for those for that week, those are the only people you know because yeah. you go home. Once again, it's like camp. It really is. It really is. Even like, like when you say goodbye, it's kind of like saying goodbye at camp. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I'll write you. Yeah. You never don't. You no. never do. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that was kind of what the week looked like. Long day shooting outside. Um, Friday was interesting because that went later than normal. Yeah, which, I mean, and some of that, like, when I saw the schedule for some of it, I was like, yeah, these, I don't think, like, I was like, I think some of the stuff's going to take longer than yeah. it is. But um, I also really had, like, no idea, you yeah. know. And um, uh, there was, 
I helped the first AD with coming up with the schedule, but there were certain things like makeup. Like I'm like, I'm not a makeup guy. I have no idea how long it takes to put on prosthetic wounds yeah. and, and to, you know, make maggot infested, you know, scars on people and stuff. I have no idea. So yeah. there's things like that, that ended up actually taking a lot longer than we thought it would. Um, which I didn't mind the break, to be honest. No, being able to sit down. Yeah, for an hour while rest, we waited yeah. for makeup yeah. to finish. But it did mean, though, that then we got done an hour later. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but yeah, overall, very good experience. Yeah. So now to your question, as far as what does it now make us want to do, um, that's something that we talked about. Because on Saturday, we had like a skeleton crew, basically. Not, not a crew of skeletons. I mean... We there was t- Boney McBonester. We would have taken them if they were there. <laughs> the skeleton they, army for a crew? The skeleton uh, army for a crew. Because think perfect. about it. They don't eat a lot of crafty. <laughs> I mean, they take orders very yeah, very well. <laughs> and they have a general you know, disdain for all humanity. Yeah, so. that's perfect. <laughs> um, the, um, but no, just like we had probably a, a fifth to a sixth of the people that were actually there the rest of the week that actually then came on Saturday. And we just filmed some smaller, simple stuff, like some sunsets with the actor walking in a silhouette mm-hmm. and some shots of some hogs at a farm. And so it was pretty simple. Um, so on the way back, though, we were then talking about um, our own projects and whether yeah. or not this film made us want to do them more or want to do them less. Yeah, yeah. And personally, I, if you said... Monday we have another shoot, I'd be like, all right, let's do it. Yeah. That's really how I feel at this point. Um, I think it's easier, obviously, to say that now. You know, I think when you let time go and you kind of get used to being at home and relaxing and, yeah, you know, that's kind of nice and stuff like that. So Camp again. Camp again. Um, yeah. But but you do get that excitement to do it again. And, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it really it reminded me of, of our origin story of going back and and being with friends and making something. And yeah. Now and I just did get voted most most favorite crew member. I I was a beloved crew member as I was at camp, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this time I had a ring, and so I was like, "Sorry, everyone." I'm already the most loved person at my house. <laughs> well, it was a bunch of dudes. Yeah, that's so, true. But, know. I mean, it's Hollywood, baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, yeah, I felt the same way where I just, you know, like, um, uh, I don't know if I really want to go film in the woods yeah. today. Yeah, uh, I was like, <laughs> let's do the Christmas movie inside. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would be okay going and filming on somewhere not in the woods. Yeah, that's exactly uh, what I thought. <laughs> I mean, not that I like hated the woods. It actually yeah. wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. They did a really good job. Um, the director did a really good job making sure that like that they had a weed eater on site that was battery powered that actually worked pretty well for a battery powered weed eater. And they would go around and cut down yeah. any yeah. area that we were and make sure that they were cutting it back. And he was actually showing up himself a couple hours before everybody else got there, like cutting back yeah. the weeds. And- yeah, Seth did a really good job of like, if there's a water thing, he would jump in the water or, you know, figure. Yeah. Like he would always make sure he was doing the thing first. Yeah. yeah. Which he is always, a good leadership. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he was, he wasn't willing to put people where he wasn't willing to go himself. Right. Um, and that was nice. And he would even walk the pass as, like to make sure his actors weren't going to stumble or fall or, yeah. like you said, get in the water. Or, or like at one point we needed more space for the cameras to go and it was in this brush that the weed eater couldn't get into and he had this big 
like handsaw packer yeah. thing, and he just started whacking it yeah. and cleared out a path. Um, and so I, I think props to him because that's definitely not what a lot of tractors would do. Um, they would usually have to make somebody else do it. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, so the shooting in the woods actually wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to yeah. be. But I still would prefer not to shoot. In the woods. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I think yeah, for me, same thing. I was just like, you know, I I, rem- I remembered, you know, with the kind of work we do now, we only get to we're only on sets for a day or two at a time, um, and a lot of times it's more of a studio thing or it's just I, it's just different. Yeah. Um, and I was reminded, especially when it's all over and you can be a little bit more reflective on it, like just how much, even though it's long hours and you know, there's always those limitations of filmmaking like time and money and just the complications of like, well, we can't just keep filming and filming and filming at some point we have to move on and get the next scenes and eventually just end and go to bed. Um, despite all those kind of more negative sides of it. Um, I love being on, on set. Yeah. Like I love being on set and shooting something. Um, and I, I enjoyed, I actually really enjoyed being the DP. That was fun for me. Um, it's something that I, I'm around. I've I've hired really good DPs over the years, so it's something that I don't always feel as confident in it as I do directing, just because, like I know that there's guys out there that are better than me. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but after the first day or two, I just had to kind of just throw that out of my brain and just be like, well, I know what I do know, and I'm going to use that knowledge yeah. to make it look as good as I can. Um, and I, and once I started like making that conscious decision, then I do feel like. I started doing a better job. Yeah. Um, which I thought was kind of an interesting thing. It's almost I like at some point you just have to decide, like you have to stop comparing yourself to other filmmakers. Yeah. You know, even other people on set or whatever and say, okay, well, what do I like? I'm going to do the best version I yeah. know how to do. Yeah. And What's trust, my vision? Yeah. yeah. And just trust my instincts. Yeah. And if two years from now I look back and I'm like, Ooh, what was I thinking? Well, that's fine. That's good. That's going to happen yeah. probably no matter what anyways. Um, so yeah, I enjoyed being a DP. Obviously, love directing. Um, but even like, even being on set just as like a gaffer or yeah. a key grip, or yeah. I don't think I'd ever want to do anything in the art department. Those people's jobs look so boring, yeah, um, and miserable. Um, and like Aideen and all that kind of stuff, and like the other production office stuff, I'm not really interested in. But like camera, grip, electric, directing, yeah, those things, I'm like. Anytime somebody had something like that, as long as I could do it, you know, like if I was, if I was a trust fund baby, yeah, I would just go make shorts like that all the time, all the time, yeah, and do it all for free, just like we did, and 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 be totally happy and fine, yeah, you know, definitely, because you feel productive, you feel like you actually did something, yeah, I man. At the end of the day, you actually you have something to show for your work, yeah. that like will last for forever, yeah, which is cool, so. Yeah, I'm the same way. I think I, I, it made me want to do more of that kind of stuff, not less of it. Yeah, yeah, and uh... and obviously, I mean, uh, I, I, you know, enjoyed working with Seth and helping him with his, his script and his concept and his idea and his story that he wanted to tell. But it, it's even more fun when you get to do it. Yeah, when you're the kind of, I don't think everybody's like this, but I think when you're the kind of storyteller. When you're the kind of filmmaker where you have stories yourself that you want to tell, yeah, then there's like nothing beats getting to tell your own stories. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I think that was the exciting thing was 
when you're filming it, it is going from an abstract idea on paper, you know, something that you're like reading to actually coming alive. Yeah. And then you're capturing that, you're creating that scene and then at least how it looks. And then the edit will see what happened. You know, it's just one person taking one thing and putting their little print on it and each person creating it more and more and more until it's a fully realized object thing. Yeah. And so when we were putting our stamp on it, I was like, oh, I want this to be our thing. Yeah. And so. Yeah, um, well, and seeing actors deliver lines that you wrote. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, and even seeing scenes or like uh, ideas that you have about something even before you even wrote the lines. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, it'd be cool if we did a scene like this. And then you get to watch that scene actually happen. Yeah. Um, that's a cool experience. Yeah. Um, and. And it, you know, it's definitely still cool as the first AC or the DP to get a, be a part of the whole process, be a part of the machine. But it's even, it's even, it's more. It's like a a double bonus or an added bonus when you get to when that machine is like printing out your yeah. idea. Yeah. Now, what from the trail when we did the documentary prepared you for this week of shooting? Being in the woods. <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. I was like, you were literally wearing the outfit that you wore on the yeah, trail. Exactly. Well, same, actually, same pants, same socks, same shoes. Yeah, same but. shoes, same socks. I, I actually had a different pair of pants. Um, <gasps> yeah, I did wear them on Saturday, okay. but the rest of the time, I the other pants I was wearing, the gray pants were lighter. Um, definitely being prepared as far as like what to wear, though. Yeah, like every. <laughs> Um, I feel like I was the most prepared to be in the woods yeah. out of everybody. Yeah. Like when yeah. I look around, like that person doesn't have long sleeve shirts. It was that... amazing. It was amazing how many people wore like shorts. Yeah. And... Like, yeah. Like other people, like, some what? people would show up in shorts. Other people were wearing flip flops or like Chacos. Yeah. Other people had like short socks on and I'm like, you're going to get your ankles bit. Uh. Um, other people would, would have like a t-shirt yeah. or like a, or even a long, even you showed up in a flannel long yeah. sleeve shirt one day. Well, that's just because I didn't have any other yeah. long sleeve shirt. Um, but. Uh, so uh, that was one thing that I'm like, I feel like out of everybody, I was the most prepared yeah. to yeah. be in the woods. But I also knew that like, okay, well, wherever the actor is, as I was reading the script, I was like, wherever this actor is, I'm not going to be very far away from him. Yeah. So when they're talking about him and Bramble, I'm going to be, or like him and, you know, um, uh, like thorny brush yeah. area, I'm going to be in thorny yeah. brush area. And when they're talking about him being lost in the woods, I'm going to be lost in the woods. Yeah. Like everybody else might be able to stand 15 feet back, but yeah. I have to be very close to this guy. Yeah. And I'm going to have to step in the same mud that he steps in and all that kind of stuff. So uh, I really put a lot of thought into that yeah. before I went out there. Um, and I'm glad I did. That yeah. stuff well, worked out well. And I was just talking to Lewis, beautiful, wonderful Lewis, um, and just being like, yeah, when we were on the trail, like, we didn't even know if we were going to have a shower that night yeah. or, you know, like it was go sleep or shower. Like, yeah. so to be able at the end of each day, no matter how late it was, come home, shower, yep, have a, sleep in bed. Yeah. So I, it, it was definitely hard, but it could have been worse. Worse. Yes, you know, it could have been sure. sleeping next to the actor yeah. in a popo camper <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> smelling like death. Yeah. Yeah. And I think even the long hours, like, I mean, uh, I did get at least six hours of sleep every night. Yeah. Uh, on the trail that first two weeks on the trail when he was still re- like before he hurt himself. And yeah. The record was still like an option and out there. Um, I mean, he was going till 10, 11 o'clock at night and then wanting to get up at like four in the morning. Well, yeah. then I had to do his laundry and yeah. do this and that. I was getting like four to three hours of sleep. Yeah. 
for six days straight. Yeah. And then on weekends, we would sleep like maybe eight hours. Like on Sunday, we would sleep yeah. like maybe I just sleep an eight hour day. But then I still had all this stuff I had to do. So we were ready to film on Monday. Yeah. So I'm working seven days straight on like three or four hours of sleep. And once again, scrap lads, I'm going to be like, that's what I do every week. Yeah. But scrap, I know you're never going to listen to this. But, <laughs> but you're crazy. Yeah. And you should stop doing that for yeah, the sake of you and your family. I was going to say, your kids, if you want to see your kids grow, your heart, no matter how strong you are, not going to last. <laughs> that's just not possible. <laughs> um, but... Uh, yeah, so I think that that definitely prepared me. Um, yeah. And then I think, you know, like I was saying earlier, you know, that reminder that like some, you know, once again, it's so easy for a lot of us that are in the kind of careers that we're in, we were in them because we fell in love with them. Yeah. Before we started doing them for a paycheck. Yeah. And then you get the job that then gives you the paycheck. And it's not as as fun and as exciting and it's not every day is not this like wonderful bliss you know once yeah. again like you know, if you do what you love you'll never work a day in your life like that's a bunch of bull crap yeah you're definitely gonna work yeah every single day you're in your life. really hard yeah. yeah um and um but that doesn't mean that you can't enjoy it yeah you know and so i think with the trail is like there was moments on the trail that even especially now that we look back that were a lot of fun definitely yeah and if i had been self-financing that and been getting paid i would have been I would have done that again the next summer. Yeah. If somebody had wanted me to go for another three months and paid me 20 grand to go yeah. do it. Sure. Yeah. You know, um, the, um, so it's like, there's days that are good and there's days that are bad. And there's also even moments in your day that are good and moments in your day that are yeah. bad. And I think that's once again, the part where it's like, you know, on one of the days we were filming this last week, it's like we were running around doing all this handheld stuff and things were just taking longer and that we were going to supposed to be doing it in five hours. And I bet we probably did it in eight. Yeah. And three extra hours of running around with the camera on my shoulder. I was pretty tired. A 15-pound, 20-pound, 15, 20-pound Yeah, I'm running camera. around in mud, yeah. and I'm walking backwards and tripping over stuff. Yeah. And, and, um, but, uh, and, and that wasn't hard. I mean, it was hard, but I'm, I'm saying that, like, wasn't, like, a bad. I actually enjoyed all that filming, yeah. but it was just it was hard work. Yeah. But then, like, that lunch that we had after that, after, like, getting all that done – and we had a layer of lunch and everybody hung out, like, you know, hung with it and finished it, finished what we needed to before lunch. Like, that was probably the best lunch as far as, like, the food actually wasn't as great that day. But the, right. like, hanging out with everybody yeah. and laughing and cutting up and, like, it was just, like, a, a fun celebratory, like, moment. Yeah. Where it was, like, that was a great moment in that day followed, f- preceded by or followed after yeah. a lot of hard work. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and that was when we ran late, but it was still... Yeah, that's, I mean, we had the, we were right by the little pond there, and it was cool, and the shade, and yeah, I mean, everyone was, I think I was asking everyone, like, who would, like, which fictional character they would fist fight, and yep. had some great answers. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I think, um, I think that goes back to the mindset thing. Yeah. It's so easy when we're going through something really hard to complain or to be like, it's never going to end. I mean, there's so many. I mean, at the beginning of the week, by the second day, you're like, oh, my gosh. We still got the rest of this week, you know? Yeah. Or when we're on the trail and it kept getting longer and longer yeah. and longer. I mean, we really thought we're never going <laughs> to get yeah. off this trail. Like, yeah. And But if you run the race, you keep at it, keep going. Yeah. It's all about endurance and it's about a good attitude and 
encouraging one another um and it's just as simple as just being like good job you know that was always whenever there was a lull or everyone looked kind of tired i would look around and just be like good job everyone and that just picks people up and gets them going and um so yeah i it it's amazing what you can accomplish if you just keep going yeah (laughs) that's just life it's a life message there that's right and uh also the theme of our at movie yeah yeah um too yeah. far to run. <laughs> too far to run. That's right. That's why the sound guy couldn't remember Michael. the title of our movie. That's I told, what told our sound guy the name of our movie is running at full speed and the next day he was like, What's your movie called? Too far to run. I was like, that's the perfect title. <laughs> yes. It's too far to run. So. <laughs> that should have been the answer to anybody when Drew said, This is what I want to do. Nah man, that's too far that's to too run. That's too far to run. That's too far. <laughs> what are you crazy? That's too far to run. Yeah. Um Yeah. So to wrap it up. Um, it inspires us more to go do our own stuff. At this yeah. point, are you more inspired to go do a short or a feature? And which would you do? Um, I think it really would depend on how good the script is. Like, yeah. if it's like a dynamite freaking script, and it's just like, oh my gosh, then you gotta go all out for that. You gotta yeah. go feature, you know. But if it's something where you're like, it's pretty good, I'd like to see what I could do with it, I would say a short. Yeah. Because then maybe you could work some magic with editing or something. But at the end of the day, it really needs to be a good story. Yeah. And then you can kind of work on the next thing and kind of. Yeah. Well, that, you know, that's actually interesting you say it because um, I've been thinking a lot about that component of like how important the script is. I don't really know why I've been. I, well, I guess I do know why. When I've been going around to a lot of these film festivals with um, running at full, formerly known as running at full speed, now known as that's too, too far, far to run. run. <laughs> uh, um, the um, the thing that I just noticed with a lot of the movies is that like some of them were poorly shot, some of them were well shot, mm-hmm. some of them were well acted, some of them were poorly acted. Some have like good art department, some have a horrible art department. Yeah, but in all of them, it's like I really didn't care about a lot of that stuff if the story was good or the story was bad. Yeah. And there would be like, that was a good movie. Why was that a good movie? And like, and so I'd be like, I would think about like, why did I like that movie over this one? Or why was that one better than that? Or, you know, and I, and I just kept like processing that through my brain over the last like year and a half, two years almost. And, um, and that's where I come to the fact that I'm like, it really comes down to the script. Yeah. If you don't have a good story and you don't have like good structure to your your film and your story, you don't have something that's like driving and entertaining, kind of like what we talked about. Uh, I don't think we talked about it on the podcast, but going back to you know like Spielberg, like I think he just strives to make a good movie. Yeah, he doesn't try to make even like a good um, story in the same way you would a book, or a story in the same way you would a song, or a story yeah. in the same way you would a live storyteller event. Yeah, you know, or a good play. It's like he tries to make a good movie. Yeah. He doesn't try to make a good screenplay. Doesn't try to make good cinematography good art department he makes a good movie yeah um and it's like a lot of the stuff that i watch i'm like it's not a good movie yeah that wasn't a good movie it was boring yeah it wasn't entertaining yeah. or it wasn't gripping or yeah. there wasn't it wasn't an interesting enough character and i'm like and i would like try to like figure out what that was i'm like i think like, all that comes back to the script yeah so here's my thing thinking about that um and thinking about it last week 
nobody while we're filming out of those 40 people read the script no no other than maybe the director but even then the director has broken down the scripts and the scenes to such micro levels yeah that it's more like i need you to go from a to b a to b a to b a to b it was always just these like small little moves in the story nobody really on set is paying attention to the story right yeah it's true so it's like we're all like would they we take the script and we break it down into all these little small pieces that everybody needs. Okay, I need all the parts about the angles and the shooting and the coverage and what shots are cutaways. Okay, the AD needs to know how long stuff is going to take to film. And the script supervisor is going to go through and make sure that all the words are set. You know, it's like, and the gaffer is going to think about time of day in, this, in the script and where, what the lighting needs to do. You know, but nobody's like sitting back and saying, is this a good story? Yeah. And obviously a lot of people would be like, well, that's the job of the director, which it is the job of the director for sure. But they're also like doing so many other things that they really can't remove themselves enough from everything else. Yeah. You know, like that they need to figure out the blocking. Yeah. Well, the blocking doesn't have anything to do with the story. They need to sign off on the shots. They need to sign off on the art department. They need to sign off on makeup and wardrobe and all this other stuff. None of that really has to do with the story. Yeah. You know, like once again, I saw stuff that had like good production value. But the movie was bad. Yeah. I saw stuff that was shot really beautiful, but the movie was bad. Yeah. I saw stuff that had great wardrobe or great costumes or great acting, but the movie was bad. Yeah. You know, so it's like the director's like checking off all those like individual boxes, mm-hmm. but like nobody's really paying attention to make sure it's a good story. Yeah. Only person that does that is the screenwriter. Mm. And they're not on set. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's like if the, you don't start with a good screenplay. Yeah, you got to have a good foundation. Yeah. You're screwed Yeah, because nobody on set is concerned. I mean, we're all concerned, but not not that, like, big picture Yeah, is this working. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you really have to go back, and a lot of my favorite movies over the last couple of years, you know, you had me read those scripts, and the scripts, I'm just like, and you always hear that from actors or whatever. They're like, oh, yeah, I had to be in this movie because the script blew me away because they know. That really yeah. the heart of a movie is yeah. the script. Yeah, like as long as it's a good production company, a good director, and all those, as long as like the crew and the director and the key people in charge, art director, all these people, you know that they're going to be able to deliver on like doing good work. Yeah. If not, they wouldn't have the reputation of doing doing good work. Yeah. But it's like they have to have good blueprints. Yeah. And if the blueprints aren't there, if they have bad blueprints, it doesn't matter how good you make bad blueprints. It's bad. Yeah. It's a bad building. You know, it's an ugly building. So I really, I, you know, I was just, I was just thinking about that when you said, you know, what, how important the story was. Like, think about it. There was not a single, like Seth was so busy doing yeah. other stuff. Oh, yeah. He couldn't just sit back and yeah. watch the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't you shoot, know? you never, usually never shoot a movie in chronological order. Right. And so. <laughs> I mean, you're shooting one thing over here, over here. You know, a lot of people yeah. don't realize that. Like in Lord of the Rings, the first scene they ever filmed ever was when Frodo and Sam were looking at, uh, like, right before they went to Shelob's lair. You know, like they were like seeing the army come out yeah. of the, the the gates. Of, you know, that's the first it's thing like the out mi- the whole trilogy. It's like the middle middle of the whole trilogy, basically. Yeah, no, that's like towards that's in Return of the King. Like, I oh, maybe really? like end of Two Towers. Oh, you're right. It so, is. like, yeah. yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. that like out of the that's whole the first trilogy. Thing. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, when you're making it, 
you yeah. have no clue. So yeah, you got to have a good foundation. Yeah. I mean, and, and even if you do have a director who's somehow able to micromanage all the things they have to manage and also, like, see it from this, like, mega 30,000 feet from the sky view, you know, seeing the forest versus the trees, yeah. and is somehow able to do that both at the same time, it's still only one person. Yeah, yeah. You know? Grip and electric, you know, it's like even on an independent film, you usually have, like, two grips, two electricians, and, like, a, somebody, like, swinging back and forth, to, like, yeah. helping both people. You know, on the camera team, you have a direct DP, a first AC, a second AC, camera utility, DIT. You have all these people yeah. helping to make sure that one camera works correctly. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And when it comes to the story, yeah. the most important thing of all, you have one person on set who's watching it. Yeah, yeah. You know? And well, even then... Yeah. They're super distracted. Yeah. I mean, how what do you think about the editor? Because I always hear that, like, you know, the story really comes together with the editor and the director. Sitting yeah, together. I think it, I, um, I think some of that's true. But, I mean, I've, I think that's what an editor would, a cocky editor would say about themselves. Yeah. Um, which is what everybody always says, right? It's like everybody thinks their department's the most important. Right. But I think the way I've heard it said, which I think is more true, you write one movie, you shoot another movie, and you edit another movie. Mm, and you almost have like three versions of, yeah. your, of your movie. Yeah. Um, That's true. I mean, you read scripts and you're like, it, the movie's a little different than the yeah. script. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. then if you gave that same footage to a different editor, you'd get a different movie. Yeah. Um, you know, and so it's definitely like those three versions. But they still obviously build on themselves. Yeah. You know, each step kind of narrows down what the next step can do. Yeah. Um, so... I don't know. I think that's like a really, and I know some screenwriters actually do get to go on set sometimes. Um, sometimes they're there usually to like rewrite stuff, <laughs> yeah. not to watch the story. Um, I feel like it would actually make sense to have the screenwriter there to actually like work collaboratively yeah. with the director, almost in a, like a not a co-director type role because they're not really directing. But like a co storyteller role, yeah, yeah. and like saying, "Hey, the two of us are in charge of this story." Yeah, you know, or have the editor on set. Really, like if you had the editor, the screenwriter, and the director as this like yeah. side group that was like watching the project as it yeah. went all the way through. Have the editor yeah. read the script. Have them yeah. give notes to the screenwriter. Yeah, you know, and then have the screenwriter and the editor give notes to the director, and then have yeah. the director and the screenwriter give notes to the editor. And, like, the three of them kind of collaborate yeah. throughout the whole process to make it a movie. Well, it's like uh, Fran Walsh and... Peter Jackson. Peter Jackson. And then his wife. Uh, isn't she Fran Walsh? No, no, Fran is... They're, no, they're, like, it's writing Fran. partner. Okay. So, but, yeah, they, those three... Like Peter Jackson's wife stays out of the limelight because they're, like... They felt like one of them needed to be able to have, like, a normal life. Oh, interesting. So it's, like, Peter... He, like... They were, like... They chose to have him be the one that yeah. was, like, in front yeah. of every... Kind of in press releases and all that kind of stuff yeah. and then she's kind of behind the scenes even though like she's been his writing partner yeah. since they've been yeah. married so yeah it's kind of like that where they all kind of work together and yeah so so anyway it's an interesting thing to think about actually it is um, well uh, to Princess a degree, Bride that's kind of what happened with uh, William Goldsmith or, I think yeah. um, he was like he would be on set and uh, he would work closely with Carl Reiner yeah and um and when they were getting ready to shoot, he'd be behind a tree, clenching his fingers together and closing his eyes. He wouldn't watch the scene because he was so nervous. Because he was like, I wrote this thing. I have 
no clue how they're gonna make this into a movie. You know, like the Princess yeah. Bride was forever like a blacklisted movie. Yeah. You know, it was never gonna be made. They were like, "There's no way." And then it got made, and it's one yeah. of the you know big, biggest classics of all time. Yeah. But uh, just that's interesting how yeah a lot of movies are the screenwriter. It yeah. gets sold, they never see it again. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then someone else comes and rewrites something. Yeah. Or, yeah. You know. And yeah, pretty much the director is in charge at that point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and even, I mean, to a certain degree, that's, if you think about like Pixar, I think their directors a lot of times aren't animating the films. Yeah. Um, and so, and then they have like animation head, like the way that f- animation movies, animated movies are made works differently. Yeah. To where the directors a lot of times are part in, involved in the writing. Yeah. Um, and then they're almost able to act more like a TV showrunner yeah. to where they're just, they're paying attention to the story. Yeah. Well, yeah. and they, they get like five years to change it as our good friend, Ed Catmill That's right. said, That's exactly. we had a Eddie. personal, Eddie. Ed, you know, we had a personal meeting with him and yeah. he told us, yeah. uh, <laughs> and yeah. he said that. At Barry College with <laughs> 4,000 other people, but uh, whatever. No, no. We were close. Yeah. Uh, and his brand new steel knees. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, uh, but he was talking about how like Up started out as two castles and also in his great book because that's what this meeting essentially was, was him just repeating the repeating book. The book. Uh, but talked about how like they just continually change, you know, yeah. we're like getting the story better and better and better yeah. and better and better. Yeah. The yeah. only thing that remained from the original script was the bird. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and so, that, yeah, they obviously have the ability to change stuff, which I think helps a lot. But yeah. I, I really, the more I think about that, I'm more I'm like, because if you think about TV, yeah. you know, a lot of the really good TV shows that exist, um, especially now kind of in like the golden era of like, you know, things like Game of Thrones or Breaking Bad or mm-hmm. whatever, you know, um, the showrunners are kind of serving that role. Yeah. Because the direct, they've almost split the role of, what the director on a film is supposed to be into two people. Yeah. The directors of shows, they don't direct all the episodes. Yeah. They just direct certain episodes and they come in and they handle the managing of all the chaos that is production. And they make sure that basically like logistically everything gets shot in the can on time. Yeah. You know, they make their day and everything's in the can. Yep. You know, to the point that there's sayings like the ones I just used, but then the story is the showrunner's job, mm-hmm. you know? And I think you can see that, like, in some of those TV shows, like, they're so much better than movies because yeah. a lot of times... It's really interesting, too, how shows will change when they get a new... That's why, like, you'll see news articles saying, like, like after first season of Walking Dead, they got a new showrunner. Yeah. And that was a big deal because all of a sudden, you're essentially replacing a director in a yeah. movie... After the first hour, <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. the first couple of months of shooting a film, we got a new director. Yeah. So now in a movie, and that's what they say, movies are a director's medium, TV shows are a writer's medium. You yeah. Know, like they get to fully realize the character through seasons and stuff like that, yeah. the story and all that. Whereas a movie, you have an hour and a half, you know, however many hours to develop that story. Yeah. I don't know if you're really developing character. Maybe you are in a sense. You're having the character's journey, um, but really, it's it's what is this movie? Is an enjoy? You know, you're making a an enjoyable, fun experience for that designated amount of time. Whereas yeah. a show, you are 
telling a story. Oh, over. you're still definitely telling a story. Yeah, in the movie. E- exactly. But I think it's. Um, I mean, there's definitely more real estate with the show. Yeah. But I think you're still accomplishing the same goal. Yeah. I mean, if you think about some of the, you know, think of someone like The Godfather. Yeah. Like, you know, they definitely developed Michael Corleone. Yeah. Through the first movie. Just that one movie. Just yeah. Godfather 1. Oh, so I mean, it, they developed Michael Corleone to the same depth and level of complexity and storytelling quality yeah. that Westworld does or Bad yeah. Bad does or Game of Thrones does. You know, they just, all those other shows just take longer. Yeah. They just take their time. Yeah. Where... You know, you're getting that like more highlight version. Yeah, I would say, uh, yeah, Godfather is such a good example of if it was made today, it'd probably be a show. I feel like Godfather. Yeah, but at the same hand, knowing that it was a movie. Yeah. It's also like a three and a half hour, you know, it would almost be like a mini series now. Yeah. I feel like. But no, well, I mean, but there are, I mean, Avengers was. <laughs> I mean, there are still three and a half hour movies nowadays, <laughs> sure. but um, well, but anyway, I think hours. I think I think either way, it's like that could be one way, yeah, to make your movie better, is to have somebody there. Um, and I do think when you're filming, it's still really helpful to have somebody who's in charge, yeah, like absolutely. that person has to make yeah. the final call because there are tons of decisions that need final calls. Yeah. I, I I think that's where you're saying it would be good for the writer. Like if you and I were to make something, I wrote something, I would want you to direct it because then you could be doing those decisions because you're good yeah. like that. But I could be telling you my vision of yeah. what the story – and, you know, we work together yeah. on that. I think that would yeah. be the collaborative I think the – um, yeah, especially you have somebody like Christopher Nolan and his brother. Yeah. You know, I think that's Jonathan where it's like, yeah, Jonathan um, – where they've gotten to write together mm-hmm. and then Christopher Nolan goes off and directs them yeah. to where his brother can say, hey, remember when we were writing this? Yeah. And you're busy now just worried about this tree versus that tree. I'm looking at the whole forest right now, brother. Yeah. And we need to be worried about these two trees over here, not yeah. those trees that you're messing with. Yeah. These trees don't make sense anymore. <laughs> you know, and it's like having somebody to have that like big picture outside view that has a good relationship with the director who can come say that kind of stuff. Yeah. And like that is their sole job. Yeah. Is to like make sure that like, hey, I know you're worried about all the individual puzzle pieces, but I'm looking at the whole puzzle. Yeah. And what you're current what's currently happening, that puzzle piece isn't going to work anymore. Yeah. We need to change this. Yeah. You know, or we need to reshoot this part or we need to make sure the actors do this thing yeah. or feel this way or, yeah. you know. And then, like I said, I you know, in some movies, and maybe that's why some of these guys like Christopher Nolan or or Steven Spielberg have become, like have made so many successful movies is that, I mean, Christopher Nolan shows up to movies in a suit. Yeah. Uh, because he was after memento or maybe on memento he tried to move a, a c-stand because he was like used to independent films and he got yelled at from the union like grip yeah and so he's like fine if they're not gonna let me help then i'm just gonna start dressing nicer and sit by the monitor yeah and so he basically has this like hands-off policy of like i'm not gonna do anything then yeah which then allows him the freedom to just sit back and watch the movie yeah. and make sure the story is good you know um and i know steven spielberg would like fly in for Jurassic Park 2, which isn't the greatest movie, but maybe not the best example to use. But nonetheless, I knew a, I know a guy who worked on that, and he said that he would come in at like 10 o'clock. He'd fly a private jet up from L.A. 
land and come in at 10 o'clock when everything was set and ready to go. They'd film till like four or five. He'd get back on his jet, fly home, and the crew would wrap everything. And, you know, then they'd do their 10, 12 hour day and he'd fly home and eat dinner with his family. But it's like, but they're set up in a way to where, like, they're not dealing with all those details. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they're being the showrunner by by delegating the other part of their job off to somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. And destroying the environment. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sorry, it's funny. It's like, how many jets? Um, well, but how cool is that, though? That is really cool. Getting to go to work. They're like, oh, like, good for you, Steven Spielberg. Oh, yeah, I mean. That's awesome. Get on a jet, fly up to the chute. Get personally drove it, driven in to be like, everybody good? Yep, we're ready to go. My All beautiful, right. wonderful wife, Allie, was saying, she's like, because we watched this terrible movie, Murder Mystery, the Adam Sandler Netflix. Oh, I thought about watching that. It's It's okay. Okay. It's it's not great. I, it's probably okay. a waste of time. I'm glad you're saying that because the trailer actually trailer looks good. good. It's not good. Poor Adam's it's just it's just lazy. Since like it's like lazy. It doesn't seem like anyone's having fun. Yeah, yeah, nah, uh, it's it's bad. But anyways, there's a lot of like you know the li- lap of luxury and stuff. And yeah. my beautiful wife is like, <laughs> why is it that like that's my dream? I want. I was like, that's the whole point. Like. Rich, like everyone wants to be rich. <laughs> yeah. No one, you know. Of course, we want to be the guy who flies in, yeah. <laughs> works for just a little bit of time, then flies back in with his family. Like no one wants to be at the bottom. But going back to paying your dues, you know, like I think when you are passionate, Spielberg when he made Jaws was down there with the yeah. crew. You know, like yeah. he was in the water. He was stressing yeah. out. He yeah. thought he was gonna. And to be honest. That's one of his best movies. Exactly. Or watch Heart of Darkness, the the documentary about, uh, or Into the Heart of Darkness, about the making of Apocalypse Now, where Francis Ford Coppola had made The Godfather, and he threw his (laughs) Oscars out of the window because he said, if I can't make this movie, I don't deserve to have Oscar. You know, like, there's going to be moments where you do fly in in a jet, and there's going to be moments (laughs) where you think you're going to, like, die. Like, there's just... Yeah, which goes back to the there's good days and there's bad days. There's good days and there's bad days, and I hope this is an inspiration to everyone. If you're not making movies, if you're on a farm walking, or if you got little girls that you're taking care of, and you're you're if you happen to live in Illinois, yeah, ugh, Illinois. Uh, (laughs) uh, Every day is a it's gonna be a new day as. You sound like the little calendar (laughs) flip-off rip thing. Every day is a new day. Maybe that's what TB Labard should do next. This is what I said on Saturday with with Michael and Samantha. I said, uh, celebrate the moments you're in so that you can – or no, no. Appreciate the moments that you're in so you can celebrate the memories that you'll have. So – because I mean, you're gonna have your good days. You're gonna have your yeah. bad days. Yeah. So. so overall, we enjoyed it, and it was inspiring to us. Always a good reminder. Yeah. Of the things that are important. Have a good crew. Yeah. Uh, re- realize it's gonna be long hours. Long hours. Very uh, physically demanding. You're gonna be yeah. on your feet probably yeah. about eighty percent of the day. Wear some comfortable shoes. Yeah. Be well prepared for yeah. your clothing. Except uh, the fact that you're gonna be doused in bug spray and sunscreen. Yeah. Except that. That's the thing I learned from the trail is that you're just gonna be dirty and you accept it. <laughs> yeah. Just make peace with it. Yeah. Um and um yeah, and then have fun. Like you said, enjoy and have fun and enjoy the parts have that a are good fun. Attitude, so even that if way, you don't feel it. Yeah. 
Yeah, have a good attitude. And, and a lot of times, too, like things are more – it's like camp again. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Tuesday when you really want to go home and you're homesick as a, as a camper, uh, all of a sudden doesn't seem that bad on Saturday when your parents are picking you up. Yeah. So it's like everything retroactively seems a lot better mm-hmm. sometimes than when you're in them. And even some of the really hard stuff, you look back and you're like, yeah, I yeah. did that. I made it through that, you know. Um, and you feel that sense of accomplishment and kind of overcoming something. So even those bad moments that you might be in, just realize that those might be the things that six months from now you're super proud of yourself for yeah. making it through. Yeah. And the only thing you're going to be disappointed about is actually having a bad attitude when you're doing it. Yep. Yep. Well, here's to our next movie. Yep. And uh, working and we, hard. Yep. And, and we wish Seth the best luck in post-production. Yes. yes. And, and we're so glad we don't have to do it with you. <laughs> I was thinking about that. I was <laughs> like, oh, man, that's all on him. He gets to go on that journey. So. <laughs> one, well, of the, one of the benefits of just not doing your own exactly. idea is that when you're done with productions, you just you go just, like this with your hands and you walk away. It's all you guys. You got have to a, dump the footage. You get to figure out what shots you want. Exactly. Have a good time choosing between all those different takes. <laughs> yeah, so... Well, Ryan, as always, it's been a pleasure. Been a pleasure. I'll talk to you later. This has been a Studio Red production. For more, go to studioredmedia.com.